Chapter 34. Exchange Day. Dad and Anastasia are late dropping me off at the mall. Over a half hour. It's unusual because Dad is usually so precise. We pull into the parking lot. It's packed. Anastasia's driving this time. She circles and circles. Dad's totally stressing. I'm sorry, Isabella, Anastasia says. I just couldn't get away from my last clients. That was one talky woman. I bet I can tell you about every moment of the last 10 years of her life. Relax, honey. Dad keeps his voice soothing as he focuses on the parking situation. It's okay, I tell her. Did they decide to let you decorate their house? Yes, they put in a solid offer and gave me a deposit. Well, then it was worth it, I reply. But what's the big deal if we're late? Dad tries to explain. Custody is a delicate dance, sweetie. Each side has to comply or the judge can change the agreement. I feel a little curdle in my stomach. Like, how? All I know, Dad says empathically, is that I'd like to have you every single day of every single week of every single year. Then he hesitates. But your mom would too, so I'm not messing up and risking the time I do have with you. Anastasia swoops after a blue SUV that is pulling out and turns the car into the space. Smooth. We scramble out and walk around across the parking lot. The door in front of us is in the back of the mall, of course, the farthest away from the Apple store. All of a sudden, my father, like some kind of track star, shifts into a full-on run. I can't believe we're running. Yes, running. My backpack thumping against my back. We're sprinting past the Sprint store. Ha ha. No time to laugh at that. Past Hollister, past Lush, bounding up the escalator, past Bowles, a new pink, and Alex and Annie, and down to the Apple store. Mom and John Mark are sitting there stiff as statues. Uh Uh-oh. I can see Mom lifting her arm to check her watch. She glares at Dad. They stand as we arrive. I turn and hug Dad goodbye. He's breathing hard. He embraces me, whispers how much he loves me. Then I turn. I walk slowly to Mom and let her hug me. She too tells me how much she loves me. I hear Dad walking away. Chapter 35, Mom's Week. Mr. Kazili's words this week are about bugs. It's all Heather's fault. She brought a dead caterpillar to class. She said she found it on the way to school and brought it in because the poor little thing looked just so sad. Weird, but yeah, I kind of agree. I felt sorry for it because it never had a chance to be a butterfly. I never feel sorry for mosquitoes, though. I try to smack them before they land on my arm, but they get real sneaky and bite me on the back of my neck or on the part of my arm that's hard to reach. Grown-ups tell me not to scratch, but the bites itch. I can't help but scratch it. It's amazing how something so tiny can bother me so bad. Mr. Kazili talked a lot about metamorphosis, how insects change from wormy-looking things to sometimes really cool-looking bugs. After bugs go through metamorphosis, they called it imagos. (laughs) Cool name. He said he likes to watch the sixth graders he teaches grow up to be teenagers and adults. It's hard for me to imagine myself as a grown-up. One of those imago things. Way too complicated to even think about. The final word he gave us this week is...
entomophagy. It means the eating of insects. I have to be really, really hungry to eat bugs. If I were starving, I'd close my eyes, imagine that the bugs were covered in chocolate walnuts, and swallow really fast, <laughs> and be glad I wasn't going to die of starvation. I guess there really are some things worse than divorce and custody agreements, like eating bugs for dinner. Mr. Kazili gave us a poem by some guy named Joyce Kilmer. The mother, I'm sorry, what mother names her son Joyce? It's called trees. I guess Mr. K chose it because bugs live in trees. I give up trying to figure out his motives. Trees by Joyce Kilmer. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. A tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast. A tree that looks at God all day. A gift her leafy arms to pray. A tree that may be in summer's wear, a nest of robins in her hair, upon whose bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. I like the way he talks about trees having arms and hair and stuff. Mr. Kazili has made us do enough poems that I'm not fooled by the tricks that poems play with words. But nobody actually mentions insects. I guess I have to figure that out myself. This is what I turned in. Bugs by Isabella Thornton. I think that I will never chew a bug that's crunchy or maybe blue. Bugs should buzz or crawl or fly. But never in my mouth I'd die. <laughs>